Early April, and it is crisp down at the ballpark, Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's not far from the lake, and in the spring, the lake should be called Whirlpool. Its cold waters, a short distance from the park, make most nights in the spring pullover nights, beanie nights. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Tellage Talks. Today, baseball oddities and somewhat unreachable records. I'm John Tellich, sportscaster at WJW-TV in Cleveland, and thanks for stopping by. Trevor Bauer was flirting with history. He had gone seven innings, and the Blue Jays had zero hits. Bauer's pitches were breaking in all kinds of directions. The Blue Jays were baffled, but he had walked six, and he had thrown 117 pitches. His night was over. Manager Terry Francona went to the bullpen, and the decision, though questioned by some, was understood. Even Bauer, whose innovative training methods had produced an arm that Gumby would envy, knew that this decision was the right one. Long story short, the Jays broke up the no-hitter. There would be no history on this night. And Bauer, on the next day, knew the odds were stacked against the hitters, especially on a cold night in the first week of the season. I think the biggest thing is pitching is an actionary sport. Hitting is a reactionary sport. So until you get a bunch of at-bats under your belt, like you're not, you're not as good at reading pitches. You're not as good at, you know, your, your bat speed may be a little bit slower, like just counts and tendencies and stuff like that uh, so I think that's why pitchers come out of the gate hot as the season goes along hitters collect more and more data on pitchers and what they're doing what their pitches are moving like that year so they start zeroing in on tendencies so they have a better game plan a better plan of attack um, and then also early in the season especially up north it's just cold sure. it's a lot easier for a pitcher to handle that because you get to be in a jacket in between innings you know by a heater staying warm uh, the hitters are out in the field standing for 20 minutes freezing not moving a whole lot like i mean there the inning that uh the third inning yesterday i walked the first guy hit the second guy walked the third guy struck out the fourth and fifth guy so my fielders have been standing out there for 20 minutes now 15 20 minutes and they haven't moved at all it hasn't been a ball in play and then you get one ball put in play to end the inning hitter runs in and the guy's got to lead off but he's just in the field for 25 minutes freezing you know it's not easy to get up there and get loose and generate bat speed and read pitches and stuff like that. So as the weather warms up, that becomes less of an issue. Hitters get more data on pitchers, and uh, you know the game starts to kind of even out a little bit. Had history gone down, the no-hitter would have been the 300th since 1876 in baseball history. No-hitters are rare, but they're not unicorn rare. That's roughly two a year. In the lexicon of baseball records, the no-hitter might be on one level, but the perfect game is on a whole other one. More than 210,000 games played in the history of the game just 21 times in the modern era there has been a perfect game. The Indians' Lenny Barker tossed one in 1981. I was there covering it that night. And as Bauer alluded, that cold weather, that cold evening was not a friend to the hitters. The odd thing about the Perfecto, there have been spans of 23 and 33 consecutive seasons in which not a single perfect game was thrown, yet in 2012 there were three gems tossed. Hitting four home runs in a game is about on the same level of the perfect game. 18 of them have been performed. My childhood hero, Rocky Calavito of the Indians, did it June 10, 1959. 
My former colleague, Vince Cellini, was born that day. How he was named Vincent and not Rocco, we'll never know. The immortals of the game, Lou Gehrig, Willie Mays, and Mike Schmidt, have accomplished the feat. Scooter Jeanette, who was up until that night in 2017, had only 41 career home runs, but he is part of that select group. Weird? Well, you bet. But baseball lends itself to marks that seem unreachable. Let's take the aspect of hitting a home run from either side of the plate by one player, not just in the same game, but in the same inning. And it has happened three times in the entire history of the game. Baseball existed all the way until 1973, I should say 1993, and it never happened. In fact, as we post this podcast today, April 8th, 2019, it is the 26-year anniversary of the first one. And it happened right here in Cleveland. Carlos Baerga, my mom's favorite player, he did it in one of the most bizarre games we've seen. WJW sports producer Nick Kovach was a 14-year-old junior high school student attending the game with his friends that time. Nick, who you should know, does a masterful job producing our popular Friday night touchdown show, sat down with me to unpile those quirky baseball memories. Nick, what do you most remember about that night? I remember that I really wasn't even focused on Carlos hitting the second home run because I was more worried about him getting the cycle. Oh, okay. He had already had a a single and a double prior to the home run, and then once he hit the home run, we thought, wow, we might get to see a cycle, and then Albert comes up after him, and Steve Howe plunks him, (laughs) and there's almost a brawl. And at this point, all things go out because, you know, tempers are, are flaring. They leave Steve Howe in the game which is the thing that made no sense to me. Like, the guy's obviously off kilter. He's a guy who had problems off the field. Yes, he did, drinking or whatever, or drugs yeah. and stuff. and so they leave him in, and it's just hit after hit after hit. And now we're like, wow, like, what's going on? We might see something crazy tonight. <laughs> Long story short, Carlos comes up the second time. They finally take this guy out. They put the other right-hander in. Steve Farr was his name. First pitch he throws is at Carlos's head. And so he almost never got a chance to hit the second home run because both Albert Bell could have got him kicked out of the game for the brawl, and Carlos almost got hit the second time. Once he finally swung the bat and hit the home run, we were just delusional. We didn't know what was happening. Again, I thought he, I wished he had a triple. Yeah, so right. He'd he stop at third and get the cycle. And then they put it on the scoreboard that he had hit home runs from both sides of the plate, and we didn't even know what was happening. I watched one of the clips, a YouTube clip of the TV broadcast. I don't think they brought it up initially that this was something where a guy hit a home run from both sides of the plate because I believe at that time that he was the first guy to do it. Yeah, we didn't even know it was something that was possible. We knew he hit two home runs in the same inning. That was crazy enough. And then to find out that they had put it up on the scoreboard and we're kind of like reading it out loud going, from, oh, yeah, oh, he did that. <laughs> so let me ask you about other somewhat unattainable records. This is something that's only happened three times in baseball history. There's only been one guy that's hit two grand slams in the same inning in baseball. Is there a record you think that might be way out there, unreachable, or that that we talk about that it's just never going to ever happen? Well, number one, it's DiMaggio, the 56-game hitting streak. Because, I mean, even, was it Chu had something in the 50s with uh, getting on base? And even getting on base, whether it's walk, hit by pitch, whatever, you know. 
I think that one for sure. And then obviously the Johnny Vandermeer, the back-to-back no-hitters. But as far as a hitter goes, I, I guess maybe if it would be like three home runs in back-to-back games, something like that. Okay, someone hitting three home runs tonight, three tomorrow, and yeah. three the night after. Yeah. That would be crazy. Or obviously five home runs in a game. You think we could see that with launch angles and things like that? Maybe. Um, you know, I just think in what we saw with Carlos that night, once you get your third or fourth home run, they're, they're coming at your head. I don't think you're going to get another chance to hit. So I think that would be pretty far out of, out of the equation. So you saw history, but at the time you really were – we just another know. night at the ball yard. Yeah, we were, we were kids. We were just down there after a CYO baseball game hanging out and got down there. The Indians were beating the Yankees. That's all we cared about. And long story short, we went home with this crazy story that we saw a home run from each side of the plate in one inning. That's pretty cool. Thanks, Nick. No problem. Thank you. Only one person has hit two grand slams in one game. Wait for it. Wait for it. In the same inning. It was 1999. Fernando Tatis did it. That's the unicorn, folks. WJW executive producer Chris Heiser is our resident Mr. Baseball. He gobbles up all that advanced metric stuff. He knows the game inside and out, all the trends. So I thought it would be interesting to get his perspective on baseball oddities. Chris, baseball is kind of a nerdy game. You're always throwing numbers at us. What really appeals to you in terms of records that maybe would be tough to, to achieve? You know, I think the number one thing about how the game has changed is all of the defensive shifts you're seeing now. Okay. And I think because of that, something like the 56-game hitting streak, I think you'd be hard-pressed to see a guy, what's the longest hitting streak we've seen in a long time? 30 games, something like that. Um, so I, I look at the 56-game hitting streak, and I think, you know, maybe in the old days they paid a little bit more straight up the middle or they shaded one way or the other, but now we're going to an era of four-man outfields, three men on the right side of the infield. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, like I see the 56-game hitting streak being almost untouchable. But along with that, sort of the the 400 season, we ah. haven't seen, you know, I think Ichiro hit 370 quite a few years ago. George Brett flirted with it, I think, as far back as like 1980. But, you know, you're talking the old days, Ty Cobb had a career average of 367, <laughs> You know, now you're seeing three, uh, 330, 340 is a batting champion now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I look at the shifts. I look at the way they're positioning now. And I just I see the batting average is coming down. There's more emphasis on power. Less, you know, they don't care about strikeouts as much anymore. Less contact being made than ever before. So in, in that aspect, I think both of those are are really going to be tough to ever see again. All the shifts, good or bad for baseball? I think it's a great part of strategy. I mean, I I think there's all this talk about banning the shift, and we don't want to put three guys on one side of the infield. You know, I kind of go back to the old days, and I'm like, go back to hitting the ball the other way. I mean, what happened to that? I mean, if you remember when Jim Tomey was here, Jim Tomey made a living of going to left field off that wall and and, and over the wall in Mm -hmm. left field Mm -hmm. with, with tremendous power. But, like, you, ju- you just don't see the guys, you know, you see them occasionally. We saw it on opening day with Jose Ramirez trying to dra- drop down a bunt or something like that. But everything is so concentrated now on lift and pull, lift and pull, lift and pull. These guys have forgotten how to go the other way now. So, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this whole ban the shift movement. I think it's, I think it's up to the players to sort of 
refine their hitting approaches. So I, I wouldn't want to see the commissioner get involved with the whole banning the shift. This also does not place as much emphasis. We should see more emphasis on batters that can really direct the baseball where they want to. Case in point, you probably went to many Indians games and just to watch Manny Ramirez take batting practice. All right, we're going to work on left field. All right, we're going to left center field, now to center field. Let's see some, some shots down the line. He could direct the ball where he wanted to. You don't see that as much now or what? No, you you really don't. In fact, I, I even the short season we've seen this year, I, I've heard Rick Manning say they've been really praising Carlos Santana because he has more of an up-the-middle approach this year so far. And we've seen Carlos get off to a, a hotter start than what we're used to seeing in Cleveland. And, yeah, I just I don't think, you know, you've seen baseball games. You've seen plenty of batting practice. I mean, they used to drill on, okay, I'm going to take this one to left field. I'm going to take this one to right field. I'm going to take this one up the middle. I don't know if they drill that way anymore, but I know – the Indians' hitting philosophy has sort of been you try to get to the ball three inches in front of home plate because that is where you most naturally then lift and pull it out to right field for power. And we've seen that's how Frankie's done it. That's how Jose's done it. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there is that emphasis of going the other way as much as there used to be anymore. You know, I, you know, you go back and look at a hitter like Tony Gwynn or even Ichiro to that certain extent. You know, they had no problem if they were being shifted on. They could slap a ball to left field, and obviously those are probably the last two great high-average hitters the game has seen. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Thanks, Chris. No problem, JT. And the fans' perspective? Tim Snyder owns a coffee shop in Willoughby, Ohio. I asked Tim about the rarity of what Bayerga accomplished back in 1993. Once in a generation. Really? Generation. I would think. How quirky is this? Very quirky. I mean, to bat around in an inning and then let alone same home run from either side of the, same guy home run, yet either a switch hitter Mm -hmm. from either side of the plate would have to be generationally. It's kind of something that when it's happening, you're probably not even aware of how rare it is. That's a lot of a lot of sports when you watch it. I think you're you're just watching, but you're not paying attention to everything going on. Mm-hmm. You watch a lot of it to get lost in it. Mm-hmm. How about a perfect game? There's been obviously more than a handful, but not a lot. How rare do you believe that is? Very rare. It's every pitcher's dream. So it can't be an everyday occurrence. Dreams don't happen every day. Five homers by one guy in a game. <laughs> Five homers by one Never guy. Never been done. Never. It, I could see it happening with the way people hit the ball now. I mean, launch angles, launch and, angles and the the metrics that everyone goes by and mm-hmm. analytics, I guess, would okay. teach you a lot of that. But pitchers have it too, so yeah. that would be virgin ground. It would be virgin ground. It would be crazy. It would... History. The other night. Trevor Bauer flirting with a no-hitter. You're a fan. What are your thoughts as you're watching that? Uh, as an Indians fan, great. It's history. <laughs> I mean, very rare around here. Um, it'd be tough. I mean, to be taking out the emotions that you would have to, mm-hmm. I mean, to be that close to most people, the pinnacle for their position.
If there is one sport that embraces the numbers and the records and the trends, it is baseball. Yet the beauty is its quirkiness. Ballparks of different sizes, one league a designated hitter, the other without. It would be basketball if some arenas had baskets 10 and a half feet high and others with less than the standard 10 feet. 94-foot court here, 110-foot-long court over there. The quirkiness means lots of discussion and debate. And no doubt, as time moves on, we'll revisit the subject right here on Telich Talks. That's it for this time. Thank you very much for the listen. And thanks so much for your continued support. We ask you to rate, subscribe, help us out in any way possible. Love to keep these things going. And we'll see you the next time on Telich Talks.